Ladies and gentlemen, after a week hiatus, Mark the Words is back. Of course, I am Alan, joined by my co-host, Tony. Tony, what's going on? Excited to be here. Excited we took a week off after what was one of the worst dynamites I've seen since the pandemic. Interesting you should say that. Well, you know, we won't spend too much time because we have, you know, two episodes to kind of recap, and we're going to stay with the one that happened yesterday the latest episode so why don't you touch on maybe something from last week's that you did enjoy or didn't enjoy? yeah yeah Yeah, i i got i got a tag in segment and i got a tap out segment for last week there was a lot to tap out but there was one thing in particular that pissed me off uh my tap out let's start there because it started off the show was hangman adam page versus max caster max caster who i like a lot and i like uh uh, his whole theme even though it's a ripoff of cena from a while ago but I, i like him as a wrestler i like uh his partner i think there's some stuff there to do but what happened with the Hangman Adam Page and Max Caster opening match has been pissing me off about AEW as a whole. Hangman Adam Page has this, uh, hey, he's kind of going nowhere right now. He's kind of just floating around. He did a little bit more this week and showing what he could do for the future. But as of right now, these stories for these side characters are not being built up in any way whatsoever. And they have this match against Max Caster, who is someone that they're, you know, he's a new face. They're trying to promote him. I know he does better on AEW Dark, but on Dynamite, that's where most of your eyes are. So you want to set this story up for success. And if you don't have a story for Adam Page right now, you set up a perfect storyline for what happened in this match where Max Caster gets his little, uh, I don't know if he hit him with a microphone or some brass knuckles type thing, and he clocks Hangman Adam Page in the face. Hangman Adam Page goes down. He goes to pin him one, two, and Hangman kicks out. Listen, I know we're not going to have Hangman Adam Page versus Max Caster for two months of a storyline, but if you have nothing to do with Adam Page, why not have Max Caster pull off the win here and then Hangman gets him back later? Like next week, just tell a mini story, build something small for me. Because then when Hangman kicks out of that and he ends up beating Max Caster, he did, like who the fuck cares about Max Caster now? You just pulled the most shitty heel move you could do, and then you still lost. Like how am I supposed to believe this is a, a character that can contend at all? And even if Hangman Page hasn't lost a match in so many matches or whatever, this could be a loss that you could explain and doesn't defeat Hangman Adam Page because the guy clearly cheated. I that whole episode last week was a lot of nothingness and this whole entire AEW they're they're building some stuff very well but a lot of teams and a lot of competitors are just sort of floating and you could do just a little bit more to give me two week three week storylines that make me invested in the product as a whole I actually have in my notes and it was a chain he hit him with that should end the match it has to has to has to I agree with you and yeah you're completely dunking on caster in that moment and and there's one thing i think that's a glaring weakness to show and there's been a character to point this out over the last two weeks the rankings because you have these rankings that you want to matter when it comes to championship contention you take the ability to have a story that could go max caster's way not go that way because you need to keep page high up in the rankings and kudos to dr Britt baker for the last couple weeks talking about how arbitrary these rankings are i think the rankings was a nice idea to try and make it seem a little more sporty but this is professional wrestling we want to tell stories we want to see good matches i'm 100 percent with you caster should have won the match with the chains and it would have set up a nice little mini rivalry because like you said the storylines outside of the kenny omega young bucks have been wishy-washy at best you know don't get me wrong they have storylines but they're okay there's no they have main event storylines 
They have they don't have stuff that is building in those mid-tier opening match stuff. And Hangman's not he's a main event guy, but right now he's in the mid-tier fighting on mid-tier guys. This is something that he could have done and just something juicy to bite into for two or three weeks until it's finished. And I love the rankings idea. I wish they dove more into it. I'm opposite of you. I wish they paid attention to the I wish I wish we had number one contender matches every week because these rankings built it up to do so. And if Hangman Page had lost this match to uh, Max Caster, that makes him drop in the rankings. Even more fodder for him to get the win back. Maybe Max Caster is now ahead of him in the rankings and Hangman goes and complains to Tony Khan because it was a cheating finish. All right, well, we'll face you again and the winner gets to move up. It just, there's so much more you could do and it's laying right there for you. I agree. I mean, I think... The point is more Adam Page hasn't had a real storyline because they do have yeah. the Miro versus Best Friends, the Jungle Express yeah. ver- versus Bear Country. That was terrible too, by the way. Uh, well, they built it up as this big Kong versus Godzilla, and it was nothing more than a normal tag team match. Yeah, but hey, they got that promotion, though. They got that TNT money. Uh, I'm going to tap out of something as well. I'm going to tap out of QT Marshall's promo at the Nightmare Factory. <laughs> a, because... You know, the guy still sounds like a robotic guy trying to be an actor, trying to read a promo. There was zero intensity. It all felt poorly rehearsed. And if this is your nightmare factory, why are you throwing paint on your on your own wall? They, the, the paint spot was ridiculous. <laughs> the dude, speaking of never rehearsing it, he missed the logo. Yes. He missed the logo with the paint. He, You can even see in his body language after he throws it, he kind of catches himself. He's like, oh, should I do that again? No, you fucked it up. Yeah, one shot. It was the, the promo. Look, QT Marshall. I don't think it's going to work as a as a promo guy. I just don't see it. And uh, you know, I I've said from the beginning. You and I have agreed. We'll give it time. We'll see where it goes. We're we're invested, but I just don't see it happening. I mean, everything he said in that promo sounded like it was written for him, and sounded like it was delivered with nothing more than memorization. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot of fire in that Probo. I am tapping into uh, a go-go, though. I think he's the real deal. And he made his appearance on this week's Dynamite. Before we get there, I want to tag into something, which was the best part of last week's Dynamite. And it was Jericho's babyface promo, where he's just running down the pinnacle people, calling them pineapple. I mean, Jericho's on fire. I don't know if you watched that Broken Skull session with him. He is such a character, and he's so at home in what he's doing right now. And the little tweaks he made to his character, where now he's the babyface, and it's clearly a babyface team. I am loving it. They enter in all black. They have the cool cars. And that promo, man, lit the world on fire. I was invested in that promo. I wasn't a huge fan of it, Tony. Really? I'll be honest. Yeah, it felt a little WWE face face like, like Vince huh. wrote it. I mean, cheap insults against the heels. Yep. Uh, the joke of calling it pineapple over pinnacle, I thought was really bad. I love it. I uh, love it because they like they whisper in his ear, like, "No, it's like, oh pinnacle." I mean, it's so stupid. It's so <laughs> stupid. But I'm I'm I think it's over. Him calling him MJF, my jerk off friend. I mean, See, yeah, yeah, it's 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 grade school level material, but it's it really to me, it's funny and it, it makes me laugh, makes me chuckle. I'm buying it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad for that. Uh, what I'm gonna tag in on is the young bucks turning heel again. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've been building, 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 Bucks Omega, are you my friends, are you not? You know, there was that really great Kenny Omega promo from, I believe, the week before where he said, I chose you, you never chose me. And the guy who's really selling it well is Matt Jackson. He is the emotional 
I guess, trigger for this entire story right now. And their heel turn, I think the announcing of it by the announce crew and the actual execution didn't necessarily line up. There there was a lot of Don Callis is this grand mastermind who's been secretly preparing this, but I think the more effective way to have done it was more of a question heading into the future. Yeah. Like, why did Matt Jackson just do that? Was it because Mox got in his face throughout the match? Was it because this? Was it because that? Instead, in the ring, you saw what could have been a little bit of questions and this, that, and the other thing. And on the announce team, they were like, wow, what a grand plan by Don Callis. This must have been what he was doing all along. I wouldn't have ended the show with the two sweet. I would have just ended it with Matt Jackson kind of looking at them, maybe giving them a nod and walking off. Fast forwarding mm-hmm. to this week. I just would have extended the whole storyline one more week because it went a little fast. Because right now, this week, it jumped right into an, yet another faction and the Bucks being completely in on it. I would have extended it just one more week, but I am all in, so to speak, on the Bucks turning heel. Absolutely all in as well. Absolutely tagging into that whole idea. And I think I'm with you on the timing of everything, but I think there's reasoning to it, and that's because WWE NXT is no longer on Wednesday nights. Last week, it was their uh, stand and deliver the first night of their pay-per-view, and AEW decided clearly to not go up against that. They decided to throw out a card that was not exactly going to make the world move and steal viewers, and then this week, they knew they were alone on Wednesday nights. And so that's why I think this week, we saw a lot of the beginnings of new worlds in AEW, and it had to be with the Young Bucks turning heel being a big one, because let's just jump into this week, my friend. The way they opened up AEW, AEW Dynamite. Oh my goodness, that was one awesome, awesome match. And Callis said on on on, uh, on commentary that we're going to sell a lot of those headbands with the dangly sparkles on the front. Uh, yeah, I'll be buying one of those headbands. You better believe it. I'm all in on the Young Bucks. I thought that was a great match with Phoenix and Pac. They brought the house down. They fought for 30 minutes to open a TNT show. It was awesome. It was a pay-per-view quality match. Absolutely. Ray Phoenix continues to be the most must-see television in the world of wrestling. He's it's unbelievable. unbelievable. There was that really cool hot tag early on in the match where he was just spinning out of moves and hit the hot tag. The rebound destroyer by Matt Jackson. Ugh. The dual reverse Hurricane Rana's on the outside. Just Ugh. There was so much in this match that was just electric. I had a friend of mine watch it. I had him drop everything he was doing and watch it. <laughs> it was pay-per-view quality, and it justified death triangle losing which yes. i was afraid of because i was like oh man the bucks turned heel that means we've been waiting 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 for death triangle to finally get this shot and they're gonna lose yeah. right away but within the context of the match i was fine with it and that's yeah. hard to do i just thought first of all the bucks gear if this is awesome. gonna be like their heel gear going forward unbelievable it was a match that i say this all the time if it happened on an nxt pay-per-view people would be talking about it for ages yeah, it was, it was just phenomenal. that good. It was that and, good. And to jump ahead, the promo they did with Callis and Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers afterwards, uh, that was that was one of the coolest promos. It had me laughing. It had me giggling. It had me scared of these people. And, and again, you were saying earlier, Matt Jackson is the emotional trigger of this whole thing, and he was during that promo when he got the microphone. I listened. Kenny did a great job. The Good Brothers in the back throwing in little jabs, making people laugh, Super kick, having Callis super kick the camera. Awesome. Like just so many little things that were so fucking good. And I will say this. The attire that the Jacksons were wearing, both in the ring and during that promo, they looked like a million bucks. They looked 
awesome. And I think Nick Jackson doesn't get enough for his facials during matches and during this promo because he, he never has the microphone, but he looked like a killer. And I loved everything I saw out of that. I'm excited yeah. for the Elite. Oh, for sure. And I don't think they're going to necessarily do a full-on Bullet Club. I don't think they need to. No. You know, I think that should stay in Japan at this point. But the kicking of the cameraman was such a great touch. And I cackled when they came back to the announce booth and Tony Schiavone or Excalibur, I forget who was like, Don Cal should be fined for kicking a cameraman. Uh, I thought the Jacksons looked like Shawn Michaels, mid 90s yeah. Shawn Michaels. I think that's <laughs> yeah. what they were going for. Yeah, real good stuff out of the elite. And. John Moxley, the poor guy, can't catch a break in this company. I know it's no. all storyline based, but he just looks—he—he he looks like he needs to go away for a month or two, just to refresh the character a little bit, have him come back swinging. Yeah, you know, I don't want to see him because I like Mox way more now, as we've talked about. I don't want to see him just get swallowed up by the elite for the next two months. So, I'd say either have him go away or give him a different feud for a little bit, distance him from Kenny Omega for the time being. He'll—he'll he'll come back to it. I just I just want to see them trounce other people right now. I think it would be a great heel move to constantly be giving the lesser known talents a shot and then trouncing and just them. destroying them. Yeah, I think uh, that uh, should be where they go. Like I think the next rivalry for both should be the best friends who are reputable enough but don't really stand a chance against yeah. the Bucks and a jungle boy type to face Omega. That's what I want to see right now. What I want to see right now, and it's completely against what you're saying, at least for Kenny Omega, is Hangman Adam Page. I mean, uh, that's the that's the logical next step for this whole storyline. He was part of the elite, then he was kicked out of the elite because he didn't like the all, all of it's leading up to eventually we're going to have Omega versus Hangman Page again, and I'm ready for it, and I understand if it's going to get pushed back a little bit so we can build further, but that's what I'm waiting for. I agree with you on that notion. I'm just saying to get the elite momentum going so that when right. Hangman finally does beat him, it's right. that much more satisfying. Yeah, I'm all in on this whole elite thing. And the Good Brothers, this is where they seem to thrive. Yep. These roles. You know, I think when they came over to WWE, there was a little too much hype just from the fact that they were from New Japan and yeah. that people knew who they were. I think they've settled in. You know, I, 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 I don't think they're officially signed to AEW, but for all intents no and purposes idea. at this point, I don't think it matters. They're on literally every week. So, yep. you know, I know they had some heat with the Bucks when they re-signed with WWE, just based on their podcast. But it seems yep. like all fences are mended, so I, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. Sky's the limit, as far as I'm concerned, for the Elite. Can't wait. So, you know, we already kind of jumped into this week's. I just want to bring up one more thing from last week, and that is how much I love Ty Conti. All right, so moving on to... <laughs> and Ty Conti versus Sheeta next week, man. I'm pumped. But uh, uh, speaking of women, the second match on the card was an awesome one. And again, AEW brought the house. Like, we saw a lot of feuds come to an end or begin in this episode. We told stories. And to have Jade Cargill come out versus Red Velvet. And listen, Jade Cargill, I've, I, I, they keep telling me this is her fourth match or fifth match ever. I understand there's some spots that are a little bit wonky. She is awesome. 
I cannot wait to see her for the next year in this company because she has it for me. She has the facial. She has the emotion. She has obviously the athletic ability. The moves are going to get only smoother and smoother. I cannot wait to see the future for her. And I thought this was a perfect way to build her character at the sake at, at, at the, you know, obviously Red Velvet's got to take the loss here and get beaten up. I thought Jade Cargill was awesome. Yeah. And what I really enjoy about her work is that it looks like she's improving every time she's out. Yeah. There. That, uh, I think it was a pump kick at the beginning of the match was awesome. And yeah, I could see Red Velvet being that scrappy babyface character in the division for years to come. Like I really yeah. enjoy her. I, I, I think you're, you're low on her for no reason. Jade Cargill is a female Terminator. She's awesome. She's she, awesome. She is awesome. And, and she's one of the rare characters in AEW, especially in the women's division, that can have a, a, a whole uh, build, a whole theme, a whole feud without the belt being involved. Like, 100%. I think just having Jade Cargill around means that's like, all right, Jade's on, her storyline's going. I think she can handle something on her own. I agree. I agree. I mean, like, I don't want to see her versus Sheeta anytime soon. It would be way too soon. Yeah. It would be way too soon. You know, WWE used to have this habit of getting monster characters and just feeding squash matches to the point of exhaustion. Yeah. I think this is one of those times where it should keep going for a little bit. Just yeah. feed people to Jade. And, and and feed her lower tier, not just, you know, uh, one-time only jobbers. Feed her red velvet types over and over again. Yeah. Like, I could see her being like a Stephanie McMahon henchman type. Mm-hmm. Where she doesn't have anything to do with the belt, but she's going to be involved. She's going to have a lot to do, and she's going to be unstoppable. I would love to see like her be like that kind of character. I also don't want to see her attached to anyone. No, like, she I, should I be her own. I don't want to see her well, in any uh, stable. I don't want to see her in any tag team. I don't want to see her attached. I want her to be a lone wolf because I think she can handle it on her own. I think it builds her character even more. Unless Shaq's coming back, of course. But I think Jade Cargill all alone is all you need. That's fair. That's fair. I'd like to see her as someone's henchman, but not someone's henchman where it would just be lost in the wind. Like, right. it would have to matter. Jade Cargill was great, and I enjoyed the promo before the match, too, the package. Yep. Uh, Mike Tyson, the last two weeks, if you're going to have Mike Tyson on and you're going to ask him to act, he did as good as he's going to. Like, I thought he was fine. He I thought, was fine. Especially with the MGF bit. He, he ate he the eats, check. <laughs> he spits it in. Like, it's fantastic stuff. And it got a little wonky when they had their match, which I know we'll get to in a second. But hey, Mike Tyson, if you're going to sign the man and have him around, he did it. Just uh, stop taking your shirt off, maybe. I don't. Well, he's got that giant tattoo of, I think, Che Guevara. I don't know. But I don't think he's coming back. I think this was like a fun little thing, especially because yep. Jericho called him an honorary member of the Inner Circle, Ancillary. which is great. Ancillary. Because that's kind of what he was for DX, too, back yep. in the day. I just like the idea of that being out there in the ether. It doesn't have to be every week. It could be something that's like when you're on Wikipedia in 10 years and you look at the history of Inner Circle, it's going to have MJF as a member. It's going to have Warlow as a member. It's going to have Mike Tyson. I like adding history to the group with yep. the same five still intact. Yeah. So I'm absolutely. all for it. I thought Tyson was great. The first time the punch to Wheeler looked great and on replay, it didn't look good at all. So I think they should have just kept the live shot. Uh, but that's nothing on Mike. He's not going to really punch a guy. So yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. I thought Tyson did great with his lines. The eating the check was hilarious. And if you're going to bring in a guy, that's how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. They've done a really good job with celebrity guests, Shaq, Mike Tyson, 
really good stuff. Not so much Snoop. All right, so jumping ahead, uh, you you um, briefed him before a go go. He had his first match. This was this was great in the fact that uh, I we didn't know what to expect because this guy's obviously not a wrestler yet, and then to come in and just have the gut punch and it, immediately it's over, like the ref calls it. I, I didn't love how it was done, but I was like, all right, I see where we're going with here. Like this guy's a killer with a gut punch again. I don't know why it's the gut that we're going for, but hey, I think he looks like a million bucks, and I also did not know he could talk as well as he does because I think he already is on the mic and doing pretty well. I'm I'm pumped. For for the future of this guy i just and i like how why they did it the little squash you know we think it's gonna be a match it's literally a collar elbow tie up and then the gut punch i don't know if i love his finishing maneuver i love his character though i'm, I'm buying in i'm tapping it i don't know if it's his finisher or if it's just like punch wherever is going to be his finisher but if you're going to do the gut punch the guy needs to poop his pants or something <laughs> You need to Where, like, uh, what I need to know is, because uh, I obviously don't know his history, they said he was in like 300 fights and he knocked out 180 people, which is mind-boggling to me. That doesn't make sense in today's boxing world. But uh, give me a, a, a cut-up of, of some of his knockouts. Like, I know you don't have access to all of them, but I know that if he's been in 300 fights, there's enough uh, footage out there for you to make a little uh, documentary of his punches and have him be, you know, show me a couple of knockouts. And uh, hey, if he knocks people out by punching people in the gut and they just keel over in a boxing match, okay. Hey, I'm buying it. Yeah, set it up for us. Yeah. I'm in on him. I the fact that he's the governor and has that accent. It's awesome. Uh, I'm in. And I think first of all, at the end, because you're right, he did look like a million bucks. QT Marshall looked like a bowling coach. So every time <laughs> this guy shows up, he looks and sounds worse and worse each time. It's just so frustrating. I'm all in on everyone in QT Marshall's faction except for QT Marshall. Even Harry Jackson Riker? As long as he's not throwing paint, yes. But uh, a go-go, um, great name too. Like yep. He's a scary-looking individual. By I for am, sure. All in. He's a Peaky Blinders character. He's a Snatch character, a Guy Ritchie character, whatever you want to say. I am in on a go-go. You know, the next two segments were about the women. You had a Thunder Rosa package, which was fine. It's nice to see her face again. Her and Britt Baker need to wrestle on Dynamite, like, immediately. No, 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 no. You're done. Rosa and Baker are done. I don't want to see No, not each other. Oh, I understand. I'm saying you had the momentum of them having this history-making moment, and we haven't seen them uh-huh. on Dynamite since wrestling. Uh-huh. I got you. I understand what you're saying. That I agree with. Uh, yeah, I would like to see Rose in the ring as soon as possible. I would also like to see Britt Baker in the ring as soon as possible. I think Britt Baker's doing a phenomenal job in her promos. Her her running down the rankings and saying, uh, don't worry about this one. That one doesn't matter. Like, she's so f- She's so funny. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I thought this Rosa promo was pretty damn good. And it, it, again, I don't know if we're going to see her versus Serena Deeb too for the NWA championship or if they're just promoting that for another company. But uh, I'm in on everything Rose is doing. I'm excited to see her in the ring, even though uh, <laughs> Ivelisse might not agree with it. Yes, which, you know, it was a, we'll get to something later in the show, speaking of future endeavors. But the Thunder Rosa promo was good. By the way, Chris Jericho said on that, broken skull session if you get 10 seconds of tv time or you get 10 minutes you got to make the most of it and Britt baker week in and week out makes the most of her television time a thousand percent the other was the return of chris statlander which i know you're a huge fan of and she is a full-fledged member sharing intro music and all with the best friends she seemed like 
a new character. And I know that she sounds did. strange because she's still the outer space alien girl. She's still booping people, but she smiled a lot. She yep. looked like a human being happy to be back yep. in the ring while keeping up the alien mystique without just seeing, seeming like a full out of body alien character. And I thought it was Correct. a really nice change. Now you said I loved her. Uh, I do not. I did. Uh, I did not before her injury because I hated this alien gimmick. I thought it was stupid. Her in the ring is is dynamite. One hundred percent, one of the best wrestlers AEW has in that division. But as for the character, I didn't like it at all. But what she's did on that uh, this last dynamite was very much a different person. She looked confident. She looked scary in yeah. the ring. She looked like she had a little bit of a, a darkness behind her eyes, and I enjoyed it a lot. She's dynamite. I think she is a. a uh, her and Jade Cargill, the future is bright in the AEW women's division because I think you can put Statlander with anyone. Now, we said Jade, we don't want to see Jade versus Sheeta anytime soon. I want to see Statlander versus Sheeta. I want to see the belt on Statlander. I think Statlander's the world is her oyster. And the fact that she has the best friends and Cassidy behind her only make her stronger in the story department and less alien shit. I'm fine with the booping because that's going to make the crowd pop. But less alien shit and more focused, determined wrestler Chris Statlander, and I'm buying it a thousand percent. I love what we saw out of her, and she beat the crap out of this girl. And that uh, uh, guerrilla press, where a uh, military press, where she—that's not an easy thing to do for anyone. And Statlander pulled it off with no problem whatsoever. Statlander's a beast. Yeah, she looked refreshed. You know, it, yeah. it seems like she and Jr. kept talking about it on the telecast. It seems like she put her time off to good use. Yeah. She looks awesome. She looked like a million bucks. And when you mentioned Jade and her, I could see that being a big money rivalry for years of to come. Of course. Of course. That is Because uh, there's I, not yeah. many people, as we move forward in the AEW women's division, there's not many people that uh, can, can match up physically to Jade Cargill. She's always going to be bigger than everyone else. Even her versus Nyla. You're not going to have uh, the money on Nyla Rose. You're going to have the money on Jade Cargill physically. But Statlander versus jade standing in the ring together they're going to be face to face nose to nose and that'll be a brawl for the ages i i don't think it's time yet but i will be no. ready when it comes yeah. yes, big fan and and you know credit given where credit's due ever since the hardcore match you know it hasn't been a plus every week out but it feels like the women are being utilized more it feels yeah. like stuff's happening the next two segments i'm not a fan of and i, I don't want to sound like a negative person tony i really don't i love wrestling you know i love wrestling Yep. But I got to be honest. And you know what? Out of the sake of being a positive person, I will. You are the babyface on this podcast. I, I, I am. Maybe not now because I'm sick and I have a little bit of a, I sound like a little bit of a heel. But <laughs> I want to know what you think because I am not a fan of any Team Taz promo we've seen in the last couple weeks. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Within, uh, Within seconds, Ricky Starks interrupts with his shtick. And Team Taz right now, you ever see Dude, Where's My Car? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Hal Sparks leads a cult with bubble wrap, and they're dying to get new members, and they're just, like, pathetic. They feel like a pathetic group desperate to get new members. Yeah. And that should not be how Taz is narrated. No. Taz was a killer in ECW. Yeah. Like... If you're going to have a team Taz, and granted, Taz can obviously talk. He's a radio yep. host in the New York yep. market. you got to utilize it a little better. He could be AEW's Paul Heyman. He's just yep. not being used correctly. And I think you got to kind of give him one or two guys most. You know, I, if Hook wants to be the silent guy in the corner, that's fine. 
I say just give them powerhouse Hobbs and let them roll. I, yeah, I just, just have one person. Yeah. One person yeah. and hook on the side. Like Speaking of guys who need to be wrestling on dynamite, where's Brian Cage at, man? Because it's been weeks now, and he's he's. I think he's doing the best he can in this group as sort of the odd man out, and eventually it's going to lead to a breakup. But uh, the guy is a, a is a physical specimen, and he's really good in the ring, and I don't see why... I, I'm sick of the backstage stuff, too. I want to see stuff in the ring. I'm happy we're getting Hobbs in the ring next week, but even this week when Christian Cage has that open challenge or whatever, and Taz comes out and tries to convince him to uh, to join the team, and Christian Cage says no, and then Hobbs comes down. I wanted Hobbs to br- uh, pick up the mic and say, bring a ref down and have the match right then and there. Like, I was ready for it. Uh, I'm I'm not buying Cage at all either, my friend. I'm really not. I, I just don't. You got to say uh, Christian because we just said Cage. Christian Cage and Brian okay. Cage. Yeah, yeah, I do have to say Christian Cage. I'm not buying Christian Cage either, my friend. I know you love him. I'm not into it. I thought his match uh, with Frankie was awesome, but I just want to see something else, man. We can't keep pushing older-aged ex-WWE stars and expect AEW to shine. Like, Jericho makes everyone around him look better. And yes, he's the leader of that group, but he is he is pushing Sammy. He is pushing the people around him. And other people, too. Sting is only there to push Darby Allen. Matt Hardy is there, and Matt Hardy's got his own thing going on, but he's there to push other people. And Christian Cage, to me, and with this Taz feud, I could not be less interested. I'm not a fan. I want to see Christian wrestle matches. You know, it'll be nice to see him in there with Hobbs because, and it's going to be shocking when Christian is standing next to Hobbs and he's just as big as him in the ring. It's going to put a real spotlight on, you know, the AEW big guys not being that big. Yeah. But look, I just want to see Team Taz be more crazy. They're coming off the loss to Sting. They need to be ruthless again, not begging people to be in their group. No, no. Because the best Taz has been in a month was when Christian said no to him and he got really defensive and catty about it. Yep. So we need to see more of that. I Uh, I agree. And then we have the main event of the week, which was the TNT Falls Count Anywhere No Disqualification. You missed a match in there. You missed a match with Jericho. Oh, yes. Let's talk about that. We don't need to talk about it too much. I just have to say uh, uh, Jericho at this point in his career, you know, less is more from Jericho when it comes to in the ring work. But I thought this was a very, very good use. Obviously, Tyson was there and a lot of shit going on on the outside. But I thought this was a very good use of Jericho's wrestling skills. He pulled out some moves again that I I, I still don't th- know how he can pull off some of the moves he pulls off at his age. But he did it, and I thought it was a great opponent for him. I thought it was a great story that they told. The right man won. I was very impressed with everything that happened, even though it was chaos at the end with everyone coming out and fighting each other. But I really enjoyed the whole uh, the whole view of everything. Yeah, and speaking of everyone coming out and fighting each other, let's limit it to one an episode, AEW, please. (laughs) It's a Royal Rumble this week. Yeah, I just, you know, I was fine with that. I thought it was a segment to showcase having Tyson there. And, you know, you got the pinnacle versus inner circle, you know, storyline forwarded, the right man won. I was fine with it. By the book, needed to happen. I was cool with it. Yeah. by the way, you know, since I went back up in my notes, since we skipped over this, two things. The Miro-Kip breakup, I guess, was off screen. Like, so uh, that's the thing. It had, the breakup hasn't happened yet, but I did like Miro's little promo because, again, we want him to be more aggressive and more in the, in the, uh, the whole picture here. But, uh, yeah, he was out there saying, Kip, I haven't seen you, and then <laughs> Kip's been off TV forever. And I'm <laughs> like, all right, I guess that's what's happening. 
I would love to see Miro be the one who beats Darby. Now that we'll get yes. to it, but now that it seems like Darby's open again for a new rivalry, I'd like to see it be Miro. Yes. So, oh, and I laughed harder than I have watching wrestling in a long time with the Dark Order Adam Page promo where Adam hits John Silver's shoulder and he goes, ah, and he goes, I thought it was the other shoulder. He goes, well, now this one hurts. I really laughed at that. Loved so it. Stupid. So Loved stupid. it. Loved it. And now we get to our main event. No disqualification falls count anywhere. TNT title match. Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy of the Hardy Family Order. Hardy Family Chaos. Office. Hardy Family Office. Chaos. And it was brutal. Yeah. It was probably one of the best Matt Hardy matches in years. I, I was not excited pressing play on this match. Just because, again, to me, Matt Hardy, I'd rather see him do other stuff than a one-on-one match. This was awesome. Well, Matt this Hardy, was... I got to admit, he's been on fire with yes. this character. Yes, he has. This was awesome. This was so much fun. This was a lot of stuff, doing a lot of stuff that I did not expect them to do. And again, chaos ensued with everyone coming out at once. But it all made sense. Where Sting comes out to try and defend all the Hardy family office people, beat some of them up. And then Lance Archer comes out and starts beating up Private Party. And Sting's just watching him do it. It's kind of like, all right, you can do this. Well, watch me do this. I love that. I love Sting throwing the bat to, to Darby Allen. Although I will say... After staying through the bat to Darby Allen, and then he walks off stage right past him up the aisle, literally brushes shoulders, just hand the bat off. Like, why did we throw it? Like, you could have just walked over and handed it to him. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it was a cool moment. And then Darby taking that coffin drop. I mean, that's dangerous. And it was done beautifully. And good for Matt Hardy being like, all right, we'll do that. Because that's not, that's not a safe move. That's something that really hurts. There's no way you can like uh, gimmick that fall. That your take. I mean, I know Darby's a light guy, but you're st- still taking him from high up directly onto your chest. That is not an easy thing to do, and it was beautiful to see done. It was great. Uh, kudos to Matt Hardy, who, you know, is putting people over the way he was put over. It's yeah. quite a full circle thing. The leg drop from the ladder in the back where he landed yeah. on the concrete that looked brutal yeah everything like darby's back was just cut up yeah and i was a huge fan i could have done without all the interference and all the shenanigans but what did save it was after all the shenanigans it became darby versus hardy yeah and that's how the yes. match finished and i was a yes. big fan of it it was really really solid matt hardy days after burying his father just going out there and doing that inspired performance that's what the the veterans that's how you utilize veterans that's how that's how you do it you know we're watching this program for a reason and it's stuff like this just yeah darby allen i hope he stays healthy like i know i know and this is coming off a week where he faced jd drake and did all he could but this was the match this was the The good defense. Uh, it's just Darby. Not Darby's character is not normally my bag in general, but I love yeah. him. I love him. I think he really is that fighting spirit, underdog, crazy person. I, I think love what it. D- they should do with Darby's character is have him come out of a giant jack in the box in the ring, and then you could fight in like this red lighting where you can't really see anything, and then he lose in five minutes to a roll up. I think that's the way we go with Darby's character from here on out. 
goodness of goodness. You know, you tease WWE stuff. It is that day. Last year, of course, it was still early on in the pandemic, and they needed to cut salary, it seemed. So it was Black they didn't, Wednesday. The, the, they didn't need to cut salary. They made more money this year than they have in various years past. But hey, all these companies around the world are saying, well, we need to cut all these minimum wage salaries when the CEOs keep making as much as they're making. But keep going. I'll stop talking about America. <laughs> uh, so... Last year, there was a bunch of people, some of whom you see right now in uh, AEW. Yeah. This year's list made a little bit more sense on the whole than last year's. Where last year, they seemed to get rid of every other every other person. Yeah. This year, you had about nine. And yeah. Some you, names are pretty interesting. There are three that I find okay. future AEW wish list. Yeah. And four if you count Andrade. Oh yeah, Andrade's coming. Andrade's well, we coming. hope so. We hope uh, so. It, I know it's. I'm putting it out there. He's coming. I'm not even putting in my mind that it's a possibility he wrestles somewhere else. No, Andrade's on AEW. I hope so. I hope so because I could easily see him just going to Mexico and just. Nope. I'm hoping that his relationship with Charlotte will keep him stateside, and he'll come to AEW. But AEW, we already have a packed roster. Like we do, and we don't. Again, but, like I. I we do. Dude, we're we talking don't. about how we want Cage and Archer and Miro and all these people get on every week, and they can't. I know, but you can also take off Christian Cage. You can also take off Matt Hardy. You can also <gasps> take off. I mean, there are. We guys just said that how good re- Matt Hardy's doing. I know, but I don't need to see him wrestle. I don't. I, I, he can be Hardy Family Office with Andrade by. I don't care. I, I don't care who it is. There are there are more pivotal wrestlers right now to build the future of your company than some of the people that they tried out there. Are there any from this list? from today's list and i'll run through the list real quick that you want to see the big names samoa joe billy k peyton royce the rest of the list mickey james chelsea green tucker Kalisto, wesley blake and bo dallas who i believe is semi-retired anyway from reports i've read that he is like a full-time realtor now like he has put his (laughs) career behind a house from bo dallas (laughs) uh so you know obviously a lot of these people have not been used in a long all. time. Yeah, in a long time. Save um, for the first three we mentioned. Yeah, uh, I, I will say none of the last six you mentioned. Although R.I.P. Tucky, you know, he had he had a good run there, buddy. <laughs> he just should have hung on to Otis a, little, a lot longer than you did. Um, but uh, Samoa Joe, even if it's in like a, if Samoa Joe was the Taz character on AEW, would be a thousand times better. If Samoa Joe can't wrestle anymore because his body is betraying him, well, you know, he, he's an older guy, whatever. Samoa Joe as a voice needs to be on TV in the wrestling world, and I hope AEW uses him in some capacity. And if he can wrestle, even better. I think Samoa Joe is an awesome, awesome character, and he'd be such a different body type than what we see on AEW regularly. And then Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, I think, are some of the best character workers in wrestling. I know their actual wrestling, you know, isn't the best in the world, and they'd be pretty behind a lot of the wrestlers in AEW right now when it comes to actually wrestling capacity. But as for character, I would love to see Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, whether they're teaming up or whether they're separate, in AEW, mixing it up. I think they're awesome, comedic people, and I think they deserve to be on television every week. Now, I'm a little surprised that Billy Kay got released in general. She was on WrestleMania. She had a storyline. She had a storyline. She's been a very much comic relief character for that show, SmackDown. Peyton Royce, I think you're you're a little harsh on when it comes to in-ring. I think she's pretty good. But 
I would like to see the same three. Just have Samoa Joe there as a guy in the back. Hire him as a producer. Hire him as a trainer. Just hire so him smart. to be around. Yeah, I'd he's let, so you know, smart. They did it with the big show. We're not seeing the big show on TV. You know, he's yeah. on Elevation doing his thing. But I like that he's there. Yeah. Samoa, there's got to be a spot for Samoa Joe. And you know Has what? To. Like, no disrespect to the Ring of Honors or the Impacts. But you and I cover AEW. So this is where we want to see these people if we like them. So Yeah. I'll I'd never love... watch Samoa Joe on Impact. or, or I, I'll never watch that. Yeah. You, you can't pay me to watch those. I bet you I could pay to watch them. <laughs> but um, I'd like to see those three in AEW for sure with Andrade. But I also want to see, and kudos to AEW for having all these options on YouTube. I just don't have enough time always to get to them. Yeah. But Dynamite's what we cover, and I want to see these people on Dynamite. And I want to see... I want to see more action. I know we get a lot of it, and I'm happy. I'm happy with the product. Let's keep going. I don't know what else to yeah. say. I mean, I was really, after last week's show, I was a little bit deterred, but this week's show really got me excited for the future of AEW just because of what they're building and some of the stuff that we saw, some of the premieres, so to speak, or the comebacks, the returns. Very excited to see what the future brings. And if WWE is still going to cut people that can run, then the future is only going to be brighter. Yeah, yeah, I I you know, long live Ray Phoenix. That's that's my sign off for this so week. Awesome, unbelievable. He is my favorite guy in AEW right now. So at he's the top so of the Allen fun. rankings is Ray Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, he's up there for me too, my friend. All right, sir. Until next time. That's it for Mark the Words, baby. First time we've ever gotten the show title right on air. See you next week. <laughs>